Welcome to the Single Wives Podcast, a place to explore ways to both survive and thrive. I'm Terry, And I'm Wendy. And we'll be your hosts. So let's get this conversation going. Well, welcome back. Thank you again so much for joining us for another week. In the past few episodes, we've been talking about boundaries as well as emotional, physical, spiritual, and practical needs and how to better equip yourself to ensure that those are being met within your relationship. So now we're going to start to give you guys some practical tools um, to do that so that when you do go out and you you meet God rather than going to that barricade, um, he, he dresses you in what you need to be able to go back to the relationship, which maybe hasn't changed. So we're going to start this week with a story from Wendy. This is a, a very simple story. I've needed glasses for a while. Mine were scratched and I couldn't see with them. I couldn't see without them. So I went, had my eye exam, and I, I actually went to get pick out the actual glasses and I told the woman there I said you know what I am not ready to pick out frames today so I will just look and then this one pair caught my eye and I'm like oh that's the one but let me say they're bold they're for me anyway they're not what what I have been wearing not that kind of style so I picked them out I ordered them and a couple weeks later it's time to pick them up And so I was, I mean, I was on top of the world, Terry. I was like, oh, I got the glasses I've been wanting. I love them. And I got in the car and I thought, oh, no. Well, you know, my husband doesn't like change very much. These are glasses that he's going to notice. And um, he probably won't have much of a response at all other than, well, do you like them? And I... I immediately remembered the podcast and I'm thinking, okay, there's something I can do here. I could take a selfie and text it to him and say, hey, here, here's my new glasses. What, what do you think? And that would just kind of prime the pump almost in a way of getting starting to help him get used to something that's new and in your face. And um, I took the selfie, I went that far, and then I looked at it, and I was faced with a choice. I, I could have sent that, and I think it would have really been helpful. It, 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 was, it would be like getting one step ahead of the situation, but I didn't. I reacted within myself, and it was kind of a, I am so tired of this. I am not going to send this. I'm just going to hit him with it when he gets home. And that's what I chose to do. I know you're looking at me with a little face. <laughs> I, I'm stubborn, Terry. And there are times when I can follow through and use the tool. And there are times that I choose not to. So how did it go? How did it go? I got home and, and it was that very question. Oh, well, do you like them? I'm like, yeah, I love them. Okay. We want people, at least I do, I want someone to, whether they're comfortable with it or not, be able to enter my joy. Yeah. You know, have that little bit of an emotional connection of, 
I'm going to, what is it in scripture? Oh, cry with those who cry, laugh mm-hmm. with those who laugh. I wanted joy with my joy. And, you know, again, he's, he's a wonderful person. He didn't put them down or say they looked ugly or anything like that. It just wasn't that little dance with me mm-hmm. about something I, very simple, but something I was excited about. So it didn't quite go as planned, but I chose also, right? I made yeah. a choice. Yeah. I think there are two things that I noticed from that. First, you know, I think that there's this real tug on you wanted him to dance with you, right? You wanted him to embrace the joy with you. And that's just your spirit. You're somebody who's constantly searching for joy and embracing it and, you know, spreading it. Um, you're such a delight. And so to be with a partner I think there's so many wives are like, okay, yeah, so what? He didn't, you know, at least he wasn't mean about it, right? But there's such emptiness. And so it is a lack of intimacy when you go in and you're like, I nothing but an echo in this room. <laughs> there's right. nothing to bounce off of, just an echo in this room. So I think that it's important that you recognize, even if this maybe isn't exactly your situation, how is it impacting Wendy or somebody else who this is their situation? It's still a lack of intimacy. It's still a lack of partnership in a deep way um, because it, it's one example, one grain of sand for the big beach, you know, the big desert. Um, so I think that that's really important. And then also you said this didn't go according to plan. Funny enough, though. <laughs> it went exactly according <laughs> yes. to plan, didn't it? <laughs> yes. Because you, like you said, you had a choice um, and you're aware enough to know if I do this, I'm giving this person the opportunity to respond differently. But if I go and I throw it in his face, I've been with him enough years to anticipate that this is going to be his predictable reaction. And so, like you said, I'm a little bit stubborn. Where did that stubborn come out from in this situation? And you don't have to answer that, Wendy, but I think that it's important that each of us really reflect on that and consider that. Where are the areas that I'm stubborn? And I dig my feet and said, nope, not this time I'm not doing it. We really want to evaluate where that's coming from. So we can equip ourselves to utilize the tools that are going to help the outcome be something that gives the opportunity for what we're actually searching for. Does that make sense? It does. You know, I I look back on that and I think I was, I chose not to love him well, Hmm. in a sense. Yeah. Um, In that I could have done it in a better way. And then, like you said, the the stubbornness took over. And, you know, I've not really taken, I'll be honest, I've not taken a lot of time to evaluate where that does come from. I can, I I throw it on to, oh, well, I'm stubborn, um, I'm tired, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to go on my list today. (laughs) I think for a lot of people, um, and not everyone, but I think for a lot of people, it does come from this place of, I just want to be proven wrong in this instance. I want him to see me and to know me and to embrace me and for it to be authentic and spontaneous and for him to break the mold of what I expect from him. I think, you know, after all of the years, after all of the work, after all of the books, all of the retreats, all of those things, we still naturally desire that because that's what God 
God gives us. And we really want that in our mate. Um, so I think that that's definitely a part of it. But I think it is important um, that if you're in a place where you can't yet recognize, I use this word a lot, stubborn, for instance, right? I use this word stubborn a lot in a lot of instances and in a lot of my stories. Well, what does that word actually mean to you? What does stubborn represent for you? And I think that can get to some of the heart stuff that stops us from utilizing tools when we do have them. I, I think that's a good balance, too, because, you know, as we talk and I think, oh, I was stubborn, I was angry, shame on me, mm. when really part of what you said, too, was it comes from a very, very good place yes. of, I'm a romantic, I'm mm-hmm. in a relationship, I I desire closeness, I desire being able to play mm-hmm. in that space mm-hmm. um, with my spouse. And so we have to, we have to balance that, and uh, shame is not allowed here. No, right? No shame. <laughs> no shame. Um, if I choose to use the, uh, let's call it one step ahead tool, right? Mm-hmm. Great. If I choose not to, then there, it's really it's not a place to douse in shame, but it's more it's more a place to grow. Yes. Uh, to examine, to be able to go to God and even and say, wow, I could have chose better. Can you delight in my new glasses? Mm-hmm. Can, can you delight in um, who I am as your daughter? I think you're absolutely right. It comes from this, this natural place of what, you know, our parent our Heavenly Father, how He wants to treat us His child, right? And for me, it always goes back to that word delight. You know, does He delight in us? Is He so excited to see your glasses with you and that you're excited and to see your reaction to that and to embrace that with you? Yes. And that is so romantic and intimate and loving and fun and all of those wonderful things that we were like, oh, I just feel so empty with my mate in this. So, knowing that we do have a place to go to receive that being God. And hopefully we have other safe individuals we can receive that from as well. But our mate probably isn't going to do that for us. What can I give him to help him better meet my needs and satisfy me along the way too, rather than just sticking my feet in the sand and saying, no, I'm doing this. (laughs) Does it make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. And, and your story may, like you, you said, Terry, your story may be different. It may be one where, you know, you come home with gla- new glasses and the response is, what have you done? Those are awful. Mm-hmm. What do you do then? How do you get one step ahead? Yeah. In- regardless of what your situation is. Well, let's let's go back to yours really quick and really okay. kind of label that. And then I think we can go on to that other one because, yeah, lots of different reactions. So if you have kind of an avoidant reaction where, oh, well, what do you think? And then, you know, they've internalized their response, but they're not sharing that, right? Something that we can do to better equip that situation is exactly what you said. So I'm trying to prepare him for the change because I understand he doesn't like change. It makes him uncomfortable. He doesn't respond in the way that I'm looking for when presented with change unexpectedly. So I'm going to give him the opportunity to experience it on his own as much as I can and then for him to share that with me. Now, you may still get the same response. 
well, what do you think? But if you're sending a selfie and you're saying something along the lines of, I love these and I just want you to know that I got these, then he already knows what that answer is. And hopefully you'll get a little more relational when you get home and talk about it or he sees it. And Yeah. And that brings out a good point. You know, if you are married to someone who has maybe Asperger's Mm -hmm. uh, or autism, Mm -hmm. right? Or has just never learned how to label their emotions with inside, within themselves. Being able to send the selfie and say, I really like these, you're not telling him how to respond, right? but you're helping him at least label what, what you're feeling. Right. Right? And it, yeah, like you said, it just kind of sets it up and helps him because, you know, if, if he can't connect, if he can't understand or label what he's feeling, then it's kind of setting that up for him, helping him label it ahead of time. Yeah, I love that because, you know, individuals who are spectrum disordered, uh, very rigid, right? They they like predictability. It feels safe. It, it feels like they've got their feet under them and they know how to respond to it. So if you're labeling your emotion, again, when they walk into a room and there's a lot of emotion in there and they don't even know how to label theirs accurately, let alone yours, that's really confusing and difficult and I don't know how to respond to that. So if you're labeling yours ahead of the game, you're helping to kind of navigate the waters of that, right? Hopefully he's not just a complete jerk (laughs) and says, well, I think they're ugly, right? right. We'll get to that if he does. Yeah, that would be say. We need to go there. (laughs) We will get there. But hopefully that tells him, okay, Wendy likes these. Um, I'm going to at least make a comment or I'm going to say, I'm glad you like these. I can respond to what she's expressed, even if I can't relay what I really think about them. We've laid out uh, laid out that sort of scenario a bit. So let's now let's talk about a <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about a reactive spouse. Um, if somebody is super angry and just kind of nasty for no reason, right? There's your glasses are lovely, Wendy. Why why would he say such oh, well, foul things? <laughs> yes. Um, so what do you think, Wendy? What would be a way to kind of navigate that? That's hard because uh, we're thinking about how to get one step ahead, right? I don't know. Would you say even a similar kind of thing where you're sending a selfie and letting him know? Because I wonder, you know, some of the underlying similarity may be that it's something new. It's something different. I don't know how to react. Right. Or I just react. Mm -hmm. And so being able to send the picture and your emotion? I don't What do you think? Yeah, I think that that's really good. And in this, in this example, particularly something I tell a lot of individuals who are in relationship with spectrum disorder individuals is when you have something that you want to express, write it out. If there's a real heart issue going on um, so that your words can be heard. So same in a reactive situation, if you're going to go and you walk in the door and they see the glasses and they're like, wow, that's an awful look for you but you haven't yet even had the opportunity to express yourself, we're going to look for an opportunity to do that without you just being silenced because that's probably an issue in a reactive relationship. So how can I give them um, knowledge of how I feel about this or how I'm experiencing this without them first stomping on me? So sending them a message ahead of time and saying, hey, I really like these. They still may say, well, I don't like them, but at least you've had the opportunity to use your voice. Now, if they still come back with a reactive response, well, I don't like them. I think they're awful. That's where you've got to choose for yourself. Am I going to take their opinion of me personally? 
um, that's hard. This is your spouse. You do care. (laughs) Am I going to take their opinion of me personally? Am I going to stick with how I actually feel and how am I going to respond? My hope is that by using this tool of staying a step ahead, you've already identified how you feel. So own how you feel. Own that you do actually like these glasses, right? You've already made that determination. So do you need to take it personally that somebody else doesn't? Well, they're your glasses. It's your face. (laughs) That's really what matters, right? And again, if we're in this place with God, man, he's so joyful that you're joyful about this. That feels really good. And then the last part of how am I going to react to this? You can either get, you know, meet them in that reactive space or you can be avoidant or you can say, okay, I understand that you don't like these. I do like them and I hope that they'll grow on you or something to that effect where you're sticking by your side without having to also put this person down as they've done to you. I like how you said that because in the moment, right, it, it feels like a split second to choose Am I going to take this personally? Mm-hmm. Is it going to affect my mood? Or am I just going to succinctly, briefly say, okay, this is this is what I think. I, I really like them and I hope they grow on you. That codependent part wants to jump in and take us out. Yes. You think? Yeah. Yeah. yeah very <laughs> it's a much big so. green monster. It, it is. And so, but it's that split second. So, you know, hopefully thinking about these tools helps us make that decision a little quicker mm-hmm. right so I'm, in, I'm sitting in the car with the selfie and I have a decision at least I had something to think about I had the tool in place so I had longer to think about it right, right. and chose not to take it personally yes like I'm going to walk into this regardless of what happens this is not about who I am right because my husband doesn't get to say who I am. Exactly. God gets to say who I am, and mm-hmm. he already has. Yes. Yeah, finding that place is wonderful. It is, and that that's another reason I like to encourage individuals to write an email or a text message as well, because it gives you the chance to sit with it for a second and not have to just immediately respond to it. You know, to put the phone down and do the deep sigh and, okay, you know, but then how am I going to respond? It's very empowering when you're able to go back in that non-codependent type of response and say, well, this is still what I like. This is my choice. This is who I am. And not to tell them how they ought to feel, but to say genuinely, I hope they'll grow on you, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think the more you practice this, the more your spouse anticipates this from you as well. So now we're starting to engage in a new dance and a new routine that's becoming more predictable and easier for both of you to navigate. It gets easier the longer you go. A lot of times when I'm working with individuals on this, they're like, Terry, it's a whole new language. It's not automatic. It's not easy. Of course not. You know, naturally, we're very loving. We're soft. We can have open, easy conversations with people. This is a this is quicksand. <laughs> you got to take it slow. You've got to really try and navigate. How am I going to get out of this without freaking out and just reacting to it? And so as you start to learn those strategies, it is going to get a little bit easier for you and your partner in that walk. One of those strategies, um, when we break all of this down, is we feel like we have to give this big explanation, mm. right? And we have to explain ourselves or try to convince him that this is good mm-hmm. or, or how he should feel. Mm-hmm. And that escalates things. And so 
understanding that I can say that one sentence like like you laid out. I like these glasses a lot, and I hope they'll grow on you. Period. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, we don't have to get into really what may be trying to explain ourselves out of our insecurities, right? Mm-hmm. We've got these insecurities in there, and they want to speak, and they want to speak and do more and convince and explain when that's just going to exacerbate the problem. Yeah. I call that a dance of disappointment. Mm. And I think that it's funny because I can see that in um, so many spouses who are in this situation. You know, whether you have a spouse who's spectrum disorder, um, a reactive attachment disorder, trauma, TBI, um, there's a lot of where there, if I just explain it at her hard enough, you know, she'll agree with me or she won't see that I'm such a bad person or she'll do what I want her to do. Right. And we're doing the same thing. And it's exactly what you said. It's because it's coming from this place of insecurity. It's coming from this place of hurt. It's coming from this place of desire for a different outcome. And so when we're brief or when we're concise, we are taking authority over our emotional response to the situation. And we're not giving authority to this person to take control of our emotional response. Tone is another thing. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, if we say something... And they don't respond the way we want. If we say it a little louder, we at least I do, I think, well, maybe they'll get it. It's yeah. like, and then it just amps up and up and up. And in a lot of these situations that we're talking about, that amping up feels threatening to yes. our spouse, right? Yes. And so brief is good. Keeping the tone at a conversational tone and remembering not to amp our voice up louder yeah it's important another one i think too is um adding more emotions on right with time huh with time what do you mean by that well what do you mean by that ah. <laughs> well i'm just thinking when in that quick moment of well i really like them and i start you know i'm expanding on why we should all like whatever it is I'm getting louder, but I'm also adding emotions. So all of a sudden, it's not about the glasses. It does become about me. And so my insecurities come out and I start throwing anger and hurt and fear. I start, my brain is digging up emotions from the past. Right. And so I'm throwing disappointment and all right. of these things. And really what I'm doing is pouring smoke into the room yes in a sense so all of a sudden he can't see what i'm trying to communicate because it's clouded by all of these emotions right and remember when that happens when we cloud them with all of these emotions they're desperately trying to search for their response to that and it is this thing of this doesn't feel safe i have to react to this again avoidant reactive whatever that is for them they've got to find a way to react to that and so you and i are saying the same thing with emotions which is good i was like wait you're saying add emotions but that's not what you're saying um you we have to remember these are not necessarily emotionally safe individuals. And so we have to choose and we have to be in control of what we choose to give them as far as our emotional self is concerned. 
And so with the glasses, right, you were excited. You were joy filled. You were, you know, ready to share him with everybody except him. So you've got to do a little bit of processing and acceptance of that. And then you go into this technique and the strategy of, okay, now how do I share it with him too? And it's not as emotionally filled because he's not safe to give that to. Right, right. Because, you know, something you said there really, really hit me is that we need to take that time to understand what we're feeling. Where is this feeling coming from? It may be something from my childhood. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, it's it's 10% about the glasses. And it's 90% about some situation I experienced with my mother in childhood. But what I'm doing is throwing the whole 100% on him or wanting to. Yeah. So the more I understand, okay, wait, what is it that I'm feeling? Where does it come from? I mean, I'm turning the volume up on this. I need to turn it down. I need to invite Jesus, mm-hmm. right, to come and care for my heart. Yeah. And then I'm ready to go and say, hey, I really like the glasses and I hope they'll grow on you. Yeah. So I can, I can look and use this one step ahead tool. In doing so, I need to remember to be brief. Yep. To keep my tone at a loving, natural conversation tone. And to not allow all of these extra emotions to get in the way. Yeah, I think that that's really great. And that's a good place. That's a hard enough place <laughs> for us all to start. Um, so I hope that you all will find these beneficial. And I think it's really important to remember, Wendy, as you said, you know, we're, we're kind of throwing all of these out on this person and asking this person to take care of all of those hurts for us, right? All of that childhood stuff, friendship stuff, work stuff, whatever. We're asking this one person who maybe just isn't capable of taking care of all of that wounding. We know there's a God who can do that for us. Right. And and I recently heard just sort of an illustration of how that how we do that. You know, we we've we've got these holes in our heart. We've got these holes from childhood, these empty places. And as we kind of begin to look at those empty places, oftentimes as adults in a marriage relationship, we're asking our spouse to come and fill the holes mm-hmm. from childhood. Yeah. And it's not his place to do that. Right. God fills those holes. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. God fills those holes every time. We have to give him permission to do that. Oh, I yeah, know. we do. <laughs> easier said than done. <laughs> Much easier. But we're working on it. We're working on it. Well, I'm just so excited. I hope that this conversation has been helpful for you all. Um, you know, Wendy and I continue, as she said, you know, she dug her heels in recently with the glasses, which they are lovely, in case you all wonder. post a picture on the Good. website or Facebook, something. I want you to. That would be great. Um, but they are lovely. But, you know, she, she knows the tools and she struggled with it in that moment. I definitely continue to struggle with that even though I know the tools so give yourself grace you know give yourself time Um, but I will say as somebody who does try to use the tools it's so much you know more rewarding when it does work out and and God really is at the center of that so hopefully you guys will start to experience that too we are excited to share that we are starting um, to gear up for a Q&A sort of a webinar yeah a webinar Q&A webinar where we can be going uh, talking with you all so we want engagement where we can be talking with you all about some questions that you have some scenarios 
scenarios that you want to work through or some tools that you need us to further elaborate on. That can be about anything. We'd love for you all to send questions in now, if possible, um, to our website, uh, singlewives.org, or to Facebook. Either of those locations would be great if you guys would do that, and we will get a date out for that really soon. Absolutely. Sounds so, so much fun. I think it'll be helpful. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, me too. And also just so you all know about some upcoming episodes, we're going to be including some story for some, from some guests. Uh, We're really looking forward to that. And we also promise to go back and give you guys some more education on a few things like narcissism, um, spectrum disorder, reactive attachment disorder, those kinds of things. So we won't leave you completely hanging. All right. Sounds great. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for connecting with us for another week. Please continue to check out our resources on our website at singlewives.org and also on our social media platforms. If you find the podcast to be helpful, please share it with others who are also looking for a community. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. Until next week.